G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. In the face of righteousness, some evil people become better and some become bitter. And in today's program, we're going to see that as Jesus begins to soar in popularity, his enemies stoop to a new low. Our series is entitled, the Kingly Messiah, Understanding the Gospel of Matthew, a verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of our larger Understanding the Bible series. And here we're looking at Matthew chapter 12. It's about the growing opposition to the ministry of Jesus. And honestly, they're trying to throw everything at him that they can. He, of course, is unstoppable, except by the will of God, He's handed over to his enemies to be crucified, but only because God allowed it and only because of a greater good, the salvation of humanity. So we're going to be looking at this topic of the Pharisees' new low, and it's found in Matthew 12, verses 22 to 30. Now, of course, Jesus has an excellent, outstanding, amazing response to their taunts, but it still is very troubling how people who are meant to be devoted to the living God, to his word, to his service, can be so capable of great evil. Because remember, friends, religion cannot take the evil out of people's hearts. Only the gospel of Christ, centered on the cross of Christ, can take away the evil. And the amazing thing is, Jesus takes our evil upon his own body and upon his own cross. When we believe this and we receive him, then we get the free gift of eternal salvation. It is an amazing thing that God has done, amazing grace and amazing mercy. But to reject the grace and mercy of God puts you beyond reach of his great salvation. So let me read to you a couple of verses here in our range of verses in Matthew 12. And so it says in verse 23, And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. These are incredibly inflammatory words. They may sound okay to the average person, but they are, how should I say, incendiary. Because what is being said here is ascribing 
to the devil the very work of the precious, powerful Holy Spirit. It is a particular sin that is beyond redemption, even redemption in Christ. We'll learn more about this, and please don't worry. You have to be far, far gone before you have committed such a sin. The good news is is all sin is forgivable, but when you reject the gift that makes all your sin forgivable, then your sins are unforgivable until you say yes to God. So what we're going to see here in Matthew 12, 22 to 30, in this lesson called The Pharisees' New Low, you're going to see how the opposition is going to go from bad to worse, how the people are actually recognizing Jesus for who he really is, the son of David, which is another way of saying he's the Messiah. Then he will be accused by his enemies, and that's where they stoop to a new low, that he only gets his power from the prince of the devils. In other words, it's the devil that empowers him to cast out devils. Jesus shows the lunacy of such a tactic, because after all, the devil is destroying himself if he empowers anyone to cast his demons out, especially, in this case, the Son of God. And Jesus then will also speak that the fact that they're seeing devils cast out shows that the kingdom of God has come their way. Now, the fact is they've rejected the kingdom, but at least it came their way. They had a chance. It's like a boat that comes to a desert island to rescue any and all who want to leave. Think of Paul in Malta in Acts chapter 28 the last chapter, and he catches the boat. Of course, he has to. He's a prisoner, and they get the boat from Malta to the European mainland, and especially Italy, where they'll make their way to Rome. So it'd be like having a boat come to you to take you off the desert island, and you don't get on. Because after all, unless your heart is made ready by God, you will not see the kingdom that's coming. Let's read now the entire portion here of Matthew 12, 22 to 30. Our lesson is called The Pharisees New Low. And the reference, Matthew 12, 22 to 30. This is the word of God. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts, and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Our reading is from Matthew twelve twenty-two to 30, 
And again, our lesson is called The Pharisees' New Low. What we see here is the opposition is diving. Indeed, they're skydiving, but without a parachute. The hypocrisy, blindness, and murderous hatred of Jesus' opponents appears to have no bounds. They go, basically, from bad to worse with each passing day. Here, Jesus is giving the opportunity to heal a man who is blind and mute due to being possessed of the devil. The man is delivered, healed immediately. He could see and speak. Now, of course, most people, the normal people, saw this for what it was, a miracle and a demonstration of the mercies of God. They are overjoyed, they are excited, and then they make an amazing statement. As they see this, they said, Is not this the son of David? As we have learned and need to continue to emphasize, the phrase son of David means a blood relative to the great Israelite king who will rule the world from David's throne in Jerusalem. In other words, son of David is a synonym for Messiah, the anointed one. One of the things we learn about Messiah is found in Isaiah chapter 35 and verse 5, which says, the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Now, of course, the multitudes in this instance were absolutely correct. The person they were seeing here that was doing these miracles and speaking such words of life is the son of David. He also is the Son of God. But the correctness of the multitudes did absolutely nothing to pacify the Pharisees, who were already riddled with insecurity, envy, and murderous hatred. The thought that this man, who annoyed them to no end, being the Messiah, was just too much for them to bear. And so they, I believe, grasping at straws and in total desperation, would stoop to a new low. Instead of giving credit where credit's due, they were wielding their machetes like a tall poppy obsessed individual. And so what do they say in Matthew twelve twenty four? Then they came up upon Matthew ten twenty five and it talks about the issue of Jesus casting out devils by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. This is a repeat of Matthew 10.25, I said earlier. And this Beelzebub may have been the god of Ekron, referred to in 2 Kings 1, verse 2. Remember foolish king Ahaziah of the northern kingdom of Israel. He happened to be the son of Ahab. And Ahaziah, it says, fell down through a lattice in his upper chamber that was in Samaria and was sick. And he sent messengers and said unto them, Go inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover of this disease. Now, what an insult to the god of Israel, the god of creation, the one and only god. And this insult was addressed by Elijah the Tishbite, the great prophet of fire. Ahaziah's folly actually was addressed by Elijah and his folly of inquiring of a false god led to his death, according to the word of the Lord, and that's in verse 17 of 2 Kings chapter 1. The foolish Pharisees were falling into the same pit. 
They say that Jesus is casting out devils because his power came from Beelzebub, the prince of the devil. Now, this is nothing short of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit, not the devils, was the real source of Christ's power. And, of course, all that are spirit-filled and move in gifts of the Spirit receive that empowerment from the same Holy Spirit that Jesus did. So then Jesus, very calmly, but with steely resolve, addresses this ridiculous statement. He talks about the divided kingdom. And we don't mean between Judah and Israel. We're talking with Satan himself. Matthew twelve twenty-five. So again, Jesus's omniscience means he perceived their wicked thoughts and he addresses them accordingly. He speaks pure logic here. A divided kingdom will be made desolate. A divided city and or a divided family cannot stand. Verse 26, it makes no sense that Satan would empower a person to cast out Satan, because if he did that, he is divided against himself, and again, his kingdom will not stand. So then, from here, Jesus addresses them with a rhetorical question. It is a very Hebrew thing to do, to answer a question with a question. And he says, if he, Jesus of Nazareth, casts out devils by Beelzebub, then by whom do the children of the Pharisees cast out devils? He talks about the Pharisees' children. Now, these children could mean sons of the prophets. In other words, Jewish people who were gifted of God and and somehow the Pharisees are linked to them. Or it could even talk about their biological children, children of the Pharisees. We know, according to Acts 19, there were Jewish exorcists like the seven sons of Sceva. However, their planned exorcism backfired amazingly and they left the scene of the exorcism wounded and naked because after all, Jesus, the demons knew and Paul, the demons knew but the seven sons of Sceva who cast out devils in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches were not known. So, they, they failed in their exorcist ministry, but they did exist. So the false accusation against Jesus also applies to the Pharisees' children, meaning if Jesus casts out devils by Beelzebub, then probably that's how their children do too. They will be your judges, just as Jesus is judging right now. And then in Matthew twelve twenty eight, he makes this amazing statement But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Now, of course, he is doing precisely that. The devils are being cast out by the Spirit of God. That means the kingdom of God has come to the Pharisees. And that means that they have rejected not just the king, but also the kingdom he's coming to claim. A kingdom they would think they're going to be part of, but they won't. Because the coming of God's kingdom means, among other things, the destruction of Satan's kingdom. Hence, that is why there's the casting out of devils, the forgiveness of sins, the healing of sicknesses, the raising of the dead. Because all these things Jesus did in the power of God was counteracting the evil, insidious, and deadly work of Satan. 
God's kingdom coming means Satan's kingdom going out of business. And then Jesus, of course, to illustrate the point, speaks in verse 29 of Matthew 12 about binding up the strong man. He says, or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? So in other words, if you're going to destroy Satan's kingdom, you have to bind up the strong man. And then once he's bound up, you can destroy his house. That's in essence what Jesus was doing in his ministry, binding up the strong man, plundering his goods. Everyone should be rejoicing at such a thing rather than carping. But then Jesus goes on and makes what appears to be a general statement in verse 30 of Matthew 12. He says, He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. So what does this mean? Well, it's pretty simple. It's a truism. Jesus says that those who are not with him are against him. And using the metaphor of a shepherd, and remember Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, that those who do not gather with him, and of course we think of a shepherd gathering the sheep. Jesus is thinking of gathering the souls of people to himself and being reconciled to God. And if you're not helping him to gather, then you're actually inadvertently scattering. Because ultimately, there's only two kingdoms, the outgoing kingdom of Satan and the incoming kingdom of God. We are either belonging to one kingdom or the other. We can't be neutral and we can't be both. So we need to be with Christ and we need to be gathering with Christ rather than not being with Christ and scattering those that God wants to bring unto himself. Now, our lesson is called The Pharisees New Low. And our lesson for life is, our mouths were not created for lying, criticism, or blasphemy, but to give praise and honor towards God and edification towards man. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations, education, and thank you for liking our page. Also go to our homepage at tan.org.au to subscribe to the free monthly Issachar teaching e-letter, bringing to your inbox future-ready counsel with articles about the Bible, victorious Christian living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Father, thank you in Jesus' name for the lessons of Matthew 12, Thank you that Jesus sets an example of how to face opposition and come out on top, be truthful, be straight, no beating around the bush. And God, I also pray, help us to remember the Holy Spirit will give us the words we need at any given situation as we trust in Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley, 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.